Our listeners are loving the Women in Supply Chain series, and part two does not disappoint. We talked to two amazing women in supply chain about corporate citizenship and sustainability. Plus, they talk about their road to success and give advice to young female professionals looking to get into supply chain. Check out Haley and Pamela in episode 67. This is Two Babes Talk Supply Chain, where we interview the top supply chain professionals in the industry. You will learn about the best practices, changes in the industry, and hot topics in supply chain. We answer all your questions and put the sexy into your supply chain. We are your hosts, Sarah and Nick. Welcome back to the show and thank you to all our Two Babes listeners for continuing to tune in every week and support us in bringing value to the supply chain community. Today, we are excited to introduce you to the founder of Border Buddy. They are a new sponsor to Two Babes and we love what they are doing and we know you will too. Based out of the corporate headquarters in Surrey, British Columbia, Graham joined the family business ANA Contract Customs Brokers in 1991. He is the president and CEO, or as he likes to be referred to, the idea generator, and more recently, founder of Border Buddy, which is a company that aims to revolutionize the way cross-border shipping is handled. Graham is a licensed customs broker and has his professional customs broker certification with the Canadian Society of Customs Brokers. He is actively involved with the Young President's Organization, or YPO. Uh, Vancouver, British Columbia chapter, and through YPO, Graham has become a lifelong learner, attending president seminars at Harvard Business School and coming up in 2018, London Business School. He's a tech geek, which he thinks he got from his father because they had computers in their home in the early 80s, and he continues to follow the tech industry today, building applications that utilize the latest technology. So welcome to the show, Graham. We're so excited to, to have you on the show and talk a little bit more about what you're doing and how you're disrupting the industry. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So, so let's get started. Tell us, how did you get into the industry? I mean, from your bio, it says that it was kind of in your blood and you started through the, through the family business. Um, but what made you want to disrupt the custom side of supply chain? Yeah, you know, like you said, you know, it's family business. So I feel very lucky to have been, um, you know, brought into the business and happens to be an industry that I love. It's just the, um, as a consumer, we get to see all these products changing hands and crossing borders and new products come out. So, uh, you know, that's just how I got into the business is, uh, through, through the family business. But as far as the, you know, the disruption side, it, it's, it's a, it's an older business. It's been around since, you know, the Hudson's Bay fur traders. So um, it's kind of sort of ripe for, uh, you know, looking at new ways of doing the business. It's very traditionally very paper-based and, uh, you know, it started with telexes and fax machines. And there's still a lot of faxing happening. But, um, you know, we just really want to take, take this industry from the sort of the old way to a new way of doing business. Yeah, I think, you know what, I think you and I have spoken about this, and I think it's the only way forward. I mean, this industry has been doing the same thing over and over and over again for how many years? I mean, it's only a matter of time. Like you said, fax machines, like some of the companies are still using fax machines. And I think typewriters were still being used for some of the stuff until, I don't know, five or six years ago. 
Yeah, it's true. It's, um, you know, it, it's typically being very paper-based. Unfortunately, there's still some documents that we need to submit paper to customs, which is very odd. You know, everything else we do is, is digital and or appified, as we like to say. Everything's in an app, but uh, we still have some paper that we have to to deal with. Um, but at the end of the day, it's all data. You know, it even going back to the days of telex or faxes, it's just trying to get that information from one, uh, you know, from the factory to the transportation company to customs. So it's we really look at ourselves as being the integrator of that data from end to end. Yeah, and it's funny you kind of go through that that flow. I mean, this is kind of where blockchain's coming in. I mean, exactly, I blockchain is 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 something that we're very. Um, you know, very interested, and we just joined that uh, the blockchain alliance, and and it's 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 really just opening up the transparency of the end to end, where this data starts, where does it end, and having a, a transparent, open environment to uh, you know to not have to pass pass these documents back and forth, and and you know rekey data that has been keyed you know a month ago two weeks ago, however long ago and rekeying it. And it's just a lot of waste in, inside the industry. Yeah. And I think where we go from there too is the trust component and the trust leading into liability. So right now in our industry, um, there's a lot of liabilities in a lot of different sections of, you know, for a freight forwarder or a customs broker or things like that. And I think a lot of people are taking a look at that liability and trying to find ways of figuring out how to mitigate and how to minimize that liability. And I think blockchain is going to implement that trust factor, which should help eliminate some of the um, liability. Yeah, it's, it's interesting you say that because there's a whole penalty system with customs called the administ- Administrative Monetary Penalty System. And you know what it's doing? It's penalizing, essentially, data that is incorrect. So just think about that for a minute. So if you misdeclare something that was a $10,000 shipment and you declare it at $1,000 because you keyed something in wrong, you can actually get a penalty for that. It's just insane. It's, you know, I, I, I get that data needs to be accurate, but the idea that it would be inaccurate when it's keyed at origin or it's, it's a purchase order that's issued and it's all accurate at one point, it actually, the information gets inaccurate over time because more humans are involved in, in retouching all that data. Well, and not only that, I mean, with the technology that we have these days, it should be able to eliminate you know, the, the, um, errors in the data that they're receiving. Um, exactly. and like, I mean, like you said, part of that is human error, um, which is natural, but at the end of the day, people are going to start looking at ways to make sure that that data is not wrong. And customers are going to be start, are going to start asking that question to say, Hey, you know, why am I getting this amps penalty? You're the one that keyed in the entry. Exactly. And, and even why are we keying? You know, this is just data transmission. We should not be retouching or rekeying anything. Yeah. And so I think like we're going to, I was going to ask you, what does disruption sort of mean to you? But I mean, at the end of the day, this is where this is to me, this is where disruption is going. 
you know, companies and people are starting to ask more questions and they're starting to wonder why things aren't being done differently. And they're starting to wonder why technology is not being used as it should to protect them, to protect the, the freight forwarder or the customs broker um, more and more. And they're going to expect it soon. It's not like this is something that we can talk about and start changing a few years from now. It's something that we need to start taking a look at now because we should have been looking at it almost six months to a year ago, maybe two years ago. Yeah, I, we completely agree. You know, we're we're big fans of you know Amazon and, and Jeff Bezos, and I love his saying on on disruption or or even innovation. And really, you know, it's not disruption if it's not adopted. It's not innovation if it's not adopted. So basically, for us, disruption means taking people from the old way of doing business to the new way. And we keep repeating that because if you look at something like an Uber or Airbnb, there's a new way of doing it. And once you go there, you never go back. Like you would never want to, and and Vancouver is actually a great example. We don't have Uber in Vancouver, which is insane. Um, and, And if you've ever been to a city that has it and you come to Vancouver you're, you're just shocked. You actually don't know what to do because you, you've already adopted the new way. So if, if the industry isn't paying attention to it, and actually I'm not trying to criticize, uh, you know, the industry, but there's a lot of people holding on to the old way. Uh, and, and it's just the disruption and the, the groundswell is happening right now. And, uh, you know, the, the, transportation companies need to get digitized they need to get digital and they need to be doing things online in apps where people are are just expecting to do business yeah and the other thing to consider too is that in supply chain supply chain is being taken more seriously um, at the boardroom level it's also being taken more seriously by young professionals um, people are going to school specifically for supply chain specifically for supply chain and logistics. And they're coming out of those programs with a lot of questions. And they're going to question why certain practices are being done. And so you're going to have a huge, you know, and it's nothing against the industry. It's just that, you know, this is coming, you know, and, and, and things do need to change regardless of whether we're ready or, or not for it or, or whether, whether we want We want it to happen. But again, with these young professionals coming into the industry and questioning different things, and they're questioning everything, you're going to have a clash between the old and the new, and you're not going to be able to retain good uh, forward-thinking employees if we're not embracing their questions and really taking into consideration what that means for the company and the industry. I completely agree. You know, we, we hire a lot of young people and, you know, they get excited about the idea that we're looking at changing this. If you, if you were to hire a 22 year old, you know, even if it's a BA, a business analyst uh, that comes out of a university, they are not going to want to sit at an office that is, you know, taking paper from a fax machine and keying it in. (laughs) Like that is so be they, they don't even know how to use a fax machine. You know, they don't even know how to use Outlook. Uh, it, it's, it's hilarious. You know, we, there's the, some of the technology that's ingrained or embedded into the industry. People that are graduated from school have never used. So, you know, 
it, it's just bizarre. It, so that you know, it's just a it's a huge change. And I don't actually, I don't even think there's a clash. It's just, it's just, it's more like there's an old way and a new way, you know. And and so people that are looking at the old way are just going to, they're just going to miss the boat. Yeah, and maybe not a, a clash, but there needs to be some adoption or at least middle ground somewhere. Yeah, you know, it's 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 just understanding that this is where it's going, and and you know the the horse has left the barn. It's not it's not uh, it's not going back. Right, right, right. Okay, so what are the top three ways that you're challenging the clearance process in North America? How are you taking it from the old to the new? Okay, yeah. So from the border buddy perspective, really, what we're doing is this is our our, our platform. You know, we want to we want to create. A platform that is basically, you know, I, I don't want to get too much into blockchain because I know it's a trendy word and Bitcoin and things like that. But, you know, we basically are creating this platform that everyone can plug into. And so there's basically three ways on Border Buddy that, that we're uh, changing things. So the, the easy, quick one is, is just self-service. Traditionally, if you go to um, a freight forwarder or a customs broker's website, you would fill in a form of, of the information that you want quoted, and you would wait to hear back for hours or days. And, you know, in a world like Expedia or whatever, you're expecting rates and information right now. So that's the first one is we have self-service. We have thousands of people asking us for duty rates and tax rates importing into the U.S. and Canada. And we're getting that by phone, email, uh, chat. And so we've, we've built an easy-to-use self-service engine that will give you that information in seconds. So you, you'll be able to classify and, and get quotes for whatever you're buying. It could be a vehicle that you're buying overseas or a vehicle that you're buying in the U.S. and importing to Canada. Um, and we want to be able to give that to you instantly. Um, the second, and that, that's actually, we're, we have rebuilt that and we are launching that at the end of this month. So I'm really excited about that. And the second thing we do, we touched on earlier was, you know, just that data integration piece. You know, when we are talking with our, with our customers, we're not asked telling them where to fax or email the documents. You know, we are connecting and integrating with their systems. And that is also new because traditionally there's, this is, you know, this is where you send documentation or this is where you email documentation, which is just not right. We need to get data right from their system, right from the source and uh, integrated into our system. And then lastly, the, the third piece that we're, we've been implementing is taking e-commerce providers, e-commerce companies that are selling online and enabling them to, to have a landed cost built into their shopping cart. So there's a few types of retailers out there. Some retailers are, you know, just using the U.S. to Canada example, Canadians are, are among the most internet-connected people in the world, but we don't have a great uh, amount of e-commerce adoption in Canada, so we look to the U.S., and there's sort of two types of retailers in the U.S., people that ship to Canada and you're basically COD'd at the door. So you get a, you know, you get a UPS box at your door and now you have a $100 fee or $200 fee for the box that you bought online. So they're not paying attention to, uh, to that custom side. The second type of e-commerce provider in the U.S. isn't even shipping to Canada because it's a hassle. So that's that's the two main buckets, but we have a solution that allows people to put that cost right in their shopping cart to allow them to, to do that landed cost. So when the consumer is purchasing, they see all the costs and it's delivered to their door 
no COD. It's all included in the pricing, and there's no surprises. Just just allowing them to, to ship as though it's a domestic shipment. Awesome. Awesome. I love all three of those. I mean, the self-service, um, I know coming from the industry that there was a lot of people asking for, you know, that duty rate. What does that look, look like? You know, how can we get that information? And it just, it takes time. I mean, customs brokers for the most part, um, do handle entries. They don't necessarily classify and it does take a long time. So having that available option is amazing. And yeah. then I really like the e-commerce, the e-commerce side of things. You and I need to talk about that outside of this show, actually. So, um, do you have any? Can you give us some real life examples of the new way versus the old? Yeah. So you know, I don't know if not everyone loves this piece because some people like to talk to people. But you know, if we look at what the world is doing, what you you order your Starbucks online. Uh, you don't have to talk to anyone. You buy on eBay, uh, the mobile app, Amazon online. They have amazing applications that you can do your whole transaction end to end without talking to somebody uh, or needing to talk to somebody. So that's probably the biggest change is that we can, we have many transactions happening now where we never talk to the customer unless the customer wants to. So the customer gets the quote within seconds. They like what they see. They approve the quoting, they uh, send all the data to us, and we do the whole customs entry. They pay by credit card online. It's all integrated so that they can do this at 2 in the morning on a Saturday if they so choose, where traditionally it would have been a lot of phone calls, conversation, clarifying questions, back and forth. Um, and so that's that's one of the things we're most proud of is for people that want to self-serve and don't want to spend a lot of time talking and, and emailing and um, it, it's just that end to end transaction happening without any, you know, real human interaction. Well, and that's a, it's a key point there, right? Because a lot of liability around customs brokers are the duties and taxes um, and having to pay that to the government. And there's a lot of liability put on customs brokers right now. If their customers aren't on the direct program, you know, there's a big liability um, to to have to pay that at the end of the month, and then depending on terms, when when they get paid back for that. So I think the key there is that they can pay by credit card. Are you having any sort of pushback about that? Because I know a lot of companies do like the fact that the the customs brokers will take on that liability and give them a little bit more time to pay it. Um, but ideally, as the world is changing. Um, that's no longer going to be an option for customers because I can tell you customs brokers and freight forwarders won't be able to afford it. Yeah. See, and you have that background and, and uh, understanding of that whole process and what's being changed over, over time with, with the payment to customs. So it is a unique scenario and I always use it as a similar to your, you know, your accountant. If you're, if you have a GST payment, you don't pay your accountant that GST, you pay the government or the IRS in, in, in the U.S. case. You pay them directly. So the broker's in an interesting scenario where we're collecting those duties and taxes on behalf of the importers and then, and then submitting them to customs. But what we're seeing is uh, a lot of customers... You know, just in time is kind of an older name, but they're, they're doing more frequent, smaller orders. So they... The, the payouts on on average are sometimes smaller and they're paying, they want to pay by credit card. Even, even a small business owner or a medium-sized business owner, 
they, they want to put it on their credit card. They want air miles or whatever the, the point system are. So that they're, you know, they're quite used to that. And it's strange for them to have to try to pay by check or something like that, you know. So they the credit card and being able to pay that online through our system is is has the most adoption. It's we're probably ninety eight percent credit card and there's two to three, sometimes maybe five percent that would that would choose not to. Yeah, so that also brings up another good point. So I was I was talking about the liability on the customs broker or the freight forwarder standpoint with that. But um not being on the direct program and paying customs and, and duties or duties and taxes through your customs broker or freight forwarder actually opens up the customer to a lot of liability as well. Because if something were to happen, you're relying on them to pay the government for you. And if they don't pay the government for you for any reason whatsoever, you're on the hook for it. That's correct. And, and it's, a, it's an interesting uh, scenario because if, especially customers that have large payouts, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars a month, if they're paying the customs broker direct and the customs broker defaults for some reason, CBSA or CRA is still looking for their payment from the importer of record. They don't, they're, they're saying, this is your bill. Maybe you gave the funds to the customs broker, but you still owe it. Yeah. So that's some, some risky business that I think, um, shippers and consignees and, and customers of a freight forwarder or customs broker are really taking a look at now, um, understanding a little bit better and probably going to make some really big changes, uh, moving forward. And I think that's going to be good for everybody. So, um, you do a lot of uh, clearances for individuals. Um, you do a lot for, for companies as well through all of the programs that you offer. What are the top three things that people or companies should know when importing? Well, uh, you know, first of all, I would say that it's really easy. You know, it, it, it seems like a black hole for people. But the first thing I would always say is it's actually very easy. You know, we spend a lot of time importing a lot of items and it's quite simple, you know? Um, and when I talk to people that don't import, you know, I, I you know, someone says, you know, I'd like to buy a car in the U S but I have no idea what's involved. Like it just, someone lives in Vancouver. They're, you know, hours away from the border. They just, they just don't want to get into it. But I think it's actually, uh, very simple and straightforward. Um, I think the other thing is, this is a lot less expensive than you think, you know, uh, I think customs brokers sometimes get a bad name for, for adding cost to, to the transaction. But, you know, our fees are usually less than 2%, 1% of the value of the item. You know, the, the, the costs are usually the 5% or the tax that you're paying. Or in the case of the U.S., a lot of items imported in the U.S. from Canada, especially, are duty-free. They're just made in Canada. So it's, it's a lot less expensive than you think. Um, and I would just say that, you know... Utilizing the right technology, and, and obviously I'm plugging Border Buddy a bit, but I mean, you can do that end-to-end process, get the quote, get your product delivered to your door without you having to lift a finger. So it's it's those are probably the main points is that importing is necessary and it's actually quite easy. Yeah, and um, that's a key point also for all of our U.S. listeners is that Canada is your neighbor. They are your closest um, market that you definitely want to take advantage of. So taking a look at different ways to be able to do that, um, understanding it a little bit more, making it a little bit less scary is really, really, really key. Um, and I think 
with your e-commerce, um, you know, plugin for, for their websites and stuff like that, that's really, really going to help because there's a huge market over here and Canadians love buying from us companies. And it's just a matter of sort of figuring that all out. So, yeah, like, like you said, it does go both ways because, you know, importing from the U S to Canada or overseas from Canada it's just necessary. We, we are so hungry for items and products that we don't manufacture. So we look everywhere to get those products. We, you know, we need them. And, uh, if, and if you just go onto Twitter and search, you know, ship to Canada, you'll find all the people that are frustrated that us, uh, you know, e-commerce companies don't ship to Canada and then vice versa from Canada to the U S not only that we're, we're 25, 35, sometimes 40% less expensive because of the exchange. So, you know, right now it's 24, 25% difference. So the, the U S dollar goes a long way in buying products from Canada as well. Yeah, so I was going to ask you, and maybe we've already sort of touched on some of these points, but what are the top three advantages of sourcing product globally? Oh, I, you know, this is a fun one because, I, you know, there's there's um, there's a lot of buy local movement, which I, I I like, but I mean, a lot of the products that are local have been imported, right? So, um, you know, I think I think some of the advantages, especially on items like vehicles, you know. Canada does make a lot of vehicles, but a lot of vehicles, custom vehicles, um, motorcycles and motorhomes and things like that, you know, the pricing in the U.S. is great. You know, um, I'm a big fan of eBay and I'll just use one of my examples if you don't mind. You know, I, I'm a big fan of eBay and, and been a long time user. Uh, and I was looking for a, an old like pontoon boat, just a boat that I could be on with my family. And, you know, I bought that boat on on eBay had it shipped to my door using UShip, which is another app or online program, uh, and had it delivered without talking to anyone. It was it was an incredible experience. I, you know, and I, don't get me wrong, I'm not I'm not antisocial about not talking to anyone. I'm just saying that these things are so well integrated now that you can do everything on your phone, um, and and it's not difficult. So so I would say that's one of the big advantages of sourcing globally these days is that it's very very easy. Uh, yeah, and you, you bring up a, a great point, and especially for eBay. We had eBay on um, a few episodes ago. I can't remember if it was 59 or 60, but utilizing their platform for international trade and talking a little bit more about that, people actually don't realize how you can use their platform for international trade. Oh, it's incredible, you know, because the, these items that are listed... Uh, you just don't know what country is looking for those. You know, there are... They're, it's incredible. The platform is essentially, um, you know, I, I look, like to look at eBay. It was, it was kind of before its time because it it's had this amazing reach, global reach, and you're looking at it through a web browser or on your phone, and you can buy any product from anywhere in the world, and you know, with a few clicks, you're it, it's at your door. So, um, yeah, it's pretty amazing. We're actually going to do a video series. Uh, Border Buddy is going to do a video series on on importing a vehicle across the border just to show, you know, not using Border Buddy. We're going to show you how to do it yourself because a lot of people like to do it themselves. But we'll show you, you know, all the behind the scenes of what it takes, and it's it's actually not not that difficult. Uh, I'd also say the other advantage uh, from sourcing globally is really. You know, some of the freight companies are slowly getting on board. So the transportation companies have been able to do things online and 
you know, using marketplaces like eBay, Amazon, Alibaba, you can buy products, uh, if, you know, from China direct, if you'd like, you can have them sent to an Amazon fulfillment center and do this whole reselling or drop shipping all from your iPad. You know, it's, it's just incredible. The, how, how I, I think it's very straightforward and simple, uh, to, to get products from anywhere in the world. And you can, you can either resell them or import them yourself. Um, again, I, I like to say just, just using your iPad or your phone. So sourcing globally is, is just, it's a huge advantage because, you know, you'd like to be able to find something locally, but if you can't, you can now get it in the palm of your hand. Well, and it kind of makes the world kind of local, right? Kind of. Yeah. And, and if you, you know, let's, let's just face it. If, if it's not being manufactured locally, um, what's the next best thing is just, you still want the product. So you have to go get it and, and you want that to be really easy. Yeah. And it makes the world a lot smaller and you're right on eBay. I mean, you'd be surprised what markets might actually be looking for or wanting your product. And eBay, eBay does make it easy to do that. And then you also brought up UShip. So I'm actually talking to them right now for um, coming on the show. Um, and talking a little bit more about what they're doing because they're disrupting sort of that um, trucking component within North America as well. So, so some very key points there, and uh, some key companies that are already also looking to and are disrupting the industry as well. So um, we already kind of spoke about you know how you make it easier for companies or individuals clearing goods in Canada or the U.S. Um, was there anything else you wanted to sort of add to that? To and oh, by the way on your video series. Um, let me know when that's up because I'd love to be able to share that with our listeners because I think that it would just be um, a really good resource for everybody to have. But yeah, is there anything else that you want to throw in that there that sort of makes it easier for companies to clear goods? Yeah, I would just say taking the mystery out of it. So it, when I talk to people, I'll, I'll ask a lot of people. I spend a lot of time in front of our customers and and. Um, and potential customers and, you know, sort of what is stopping you from, from importing that item. And, and a lot of the times it's just a mystery. It's like, I have no idea what's involved and I would just, you know, I just don't want to have anything to do with it. But, um, I think that just, that's one of the things that we like to do is take that mystery out of it. You should be able to get that information, uh, quoted to you instantly. Just like if you're looking for, you want to fly from Toronto to Texas. You you can get that literally in thirty seconds. So that, that's that's one of the things that we are really um, you know sort of making it easier for people is just to get that information instantly, uh, painlessly, and so they can move on and move forward. Awesome, awesome. So before we wind down the interview, what is next for Border Buddy? Yeah, so just really continue, continuing to iterate on our platform. So, you know, we get a lot of customer feedback. The self-service engine, I'm kind of letting the cat out of the bag right now, but it's been a long time coming. Um, we've been doing usability tests to make the experience super simple. Uh, it's going to be, we think it's going to be a game changer. The goal really is that you could, you know, you could just tell your eight-year-old niece to go to Border Buddy and, and get a quote for you on what you want to import, and you should be, you will get it in, you know, 30 seconds or less, uh, just, just really quickly on mobile, on desktop, whatever you prefer and, uh, and just click, you know, bring it to me. So that, that's really the next, uh, iteration that we're working on. 
Awesome. Well, we're excited to see that and watch you guys grow. Um, Graham will be a regular guest on the show, and we can't be more delighted. They are working with companies like Shopify and eBay, and we will go into more details in our next episode with Graham. So stay tuned. Connect with Graham on LinkedIn. We will have all of the details at twobabestalksupplychain.com forward slash episode dash 68. And make sure to check out borderbuddy.com to sign up, try them out for your next shipment. And Graham, that was awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And we can't wait for the next one. Thanks so much. I really enjoyed it. We could not bring this podcast to you without the support of our community. And that includes our sponsors. Border Buddy approached me to sponsor the podcast, and I thought it was a no-brainer because I love what they are doing and how they're disrupting the industry. Border Buddy is taking a modern, fresh approach to clearing goods. I have been in the industry for over 20 years, and I have never seen anything like this before. Guys, our industry is changing right before our eyes, and Border Buddy is who you will want on your side as they are forward-thinking and do amazing things like integrate with your online platforms, including Shopify, and they can clear and help you import your personal shipments as well. Whether you are in the USA or Canada, Border Buddy is your only choice for a partner when you import into North America. Visit them at borderbuddy.com for more information. On our next episode, we are talking to Peter about the pain points that shippers have. And if your existing tech or ability to innovate is good enough to address those pain points. Thank you for listening. And please rate us and write us a review so we can continue to educate and bring value to the supply chain community. Please go to ships.com. That's S-H-I-P-Z.com to sign up and be one of the first to know about our new online transportation platform. I am so grateful for all of you and to our sponsors that make this show possible. Have an amazing day. And remember, everybody, ship happens.